0: Hey everyone, thank you for joining me for this week's edition of All Things Evangelism. I'm here this week with Justin Tarosian, conference evangelist. This is a podcast where we talk about anything that has to do with evangelistic outreach ministry. And so today, our topic of discussion is the meaning of the seventh day. Mm. We're Seventh-day Adventist Christians, and we believe that the seventh-day Sabbath is relevant to all people in all times. Hmm. And in particular, we believe that it's relevant at the end of time as a test of loyalty to those who believe in God with all of their hearts. And so uh, we're going to just talk all things Sabbath in this edition of All Things Evangelism and the meaning of the seventh day, because it's important that if we're going to preach the Sabbath as a relevant issue at the end of time, we understand what it means. So Justin, we were talking ahead of time. And what do you think? is the most meaningful thing about the Sabbath? That's a great question. I think
1: for me, the thing that stands out to me the most in Scripture is that the Sabbath is not something that God gains a blessing out of, you know, fellowship with us, but God actually set aside a day for our good because He loves us and wants especially this to be a day that we can spend with Him and we can spend digging into His Word and studying and that we can spend with each other. As fellow believers. So I think this is one of the greatest blessings for me about the Sabbath is that God gives us this time, instructs us to keep the day holy for special communion with Him. And I think that's awesome because it brings God closer to us in a sense than the rest of the week when we're going about our busy days.
0: But Jesus said that the Sabbath is made for man and not man for the Sabbath. To me, that indicates that the Sabbath is relevant for all people and the word that jesus uses is anthropos in the greek and Mm -hmm. that means that's where we get our word anthropology which is the study of all men and so is that kind of your understanding too that like the sabbath is it's always been for people not just jews or not just a particular sect of of religious people it's something relevant to the whole human race
1: definitely back in creation genesis 2 says and I'm reading from the New Living Translation, it says, So the creation of the heavens and the earth and everything in them was completed. On the seventh day God had finished his work of creation. So he rested from all his work. And God blessed the seventh day and declared it because it was the day that he rested from all uh, his work of creation. And so Adam and Eve, the only two people in existence at this point, they're the parents of the rest of the entire human race, but it wasn't just for a people group. You were saying some people suggest, some people say, oh, the Sabbath is for the Jews, but a Jew didn't exist at this point. Just like Jesus echoed in Mark 2:27, like you're talking about, the Sabbath was made for mankind, for all of humanity, and it's this gift that God gives us and wants to bless us with.
0: It's like what you were saying earlier. It's God didn't need to rest on the seventh day. Yeah, he wasn't tired. He didn't say, I have to take this 24-hour period because I really need it. (laughs) Yeah, he have to recover from creation. Yeah, that's right. He rests to commemorate the perfection of his work, and then it provides mankind an opportunity. And that's why Jesus says the Sabbath was made for man, for his blessing. But he wasn't made for the Sabbath. God didn't just make humanity to fit into some arbitrary time frame. Yes. But rather there was a blessing to be found in the Sabbath and so God gave mankind the Sabbath Definitely. for our use. That's right. And so what what do you say in regards to the, the statement? Some people say this that in Genesis 2, which you've just read, there's no commandment there to keep the Sabbath, right? It doesn't say to keep the Sabbath. It just simply says that God blessed the seventh day and hallowed it. But it doesn't say God commemorated the seventh day. As the Sabbath. What do you say to that? Because I've heard
1: people say that. That's a good point. It doesn't say that God commanded Adam and Eve to rest on the Sabbath day. But what's interesting is we find it throughout the rest of the book of Genesis before the Ten Commandments show up. Just animal sacrifice, right? The lamb pointed forward to the Messiah, and God instituted the animal sacrifices to point forward to Jesus and his sacrifice. But we don't find here anywhere, that I find, in early the beginning part of Genesis, where God tells them, listen, you need to do this, you need to take this kind of animal, you need to kill it this way. But it's something that we find through the rest of Genesis, was people carrying out these animal sacrifices, the sacrificial system, that pointed forward to the coming Messiah, to Christ, down the line. Similarly, with the Sabbath, I would say we find God's people throughout Genesis faithfully keeping His Sabbath holy by not working on it and by spending it with each other and fellow believers and and with God. And so, I think that's one of the strongest. Came-up. What do you think? Actually, yeah, yeah, no, how would good. you answer someone who said that? It's
0: funny because I just we just did a Sabbath school quarterly lesson on this, and the lesson brought it up, and I thought it was really interesting because. I had heard people say it before who were not Sabbatarians, and they would say, you Adventists say that it was instituted before there was a Jew, but how do you see this as an institution of the Sabbath when all it says is that God rested because Mm -hmm. he blessed the day? It doesn't say that he instituted it as a holy day for mankind. But to me, that's a poor objection. And the reason why is because it it somehow infers that that a a race of beings made in the image of God are not going to follow God's example. So like the, the image of God is love, like God is love. And so you've got this race created in that image of unselfish image of God. Do we even think it reasonable that they wouldn't enjoy the Sabbath Mm -hmm. with the creator who's enjoying the Sabbath as well? So there's God, they're in God's creation. He's resting on the seventh day. He's hallowed the seventh day. And these beings are like the capstone of his creation. He's not going to on any level communicate. To them, mm. this is a holy day now. I'm resting. Mm. Rest with me. It's not going to be something that they would want to do or participate in. To me, it's just a it's just a poor objection because can you even conceive of a garden where God has just created brand new creatures mm. and isn't going to want to commune with them? He's resting on the Sabbath day. He's not communing with his creation on the on the on the final on the resting day that he's resting to commemorate its creation. Mm. It makes no sense. It'd be like a mom and a dad, like not hanging out with their newborn the first day it was born. (laughs) They're totally disassociated from God on this day where he's resting. Actually, I would
1: say to someone who may suggest that, this just popped into my head and you were sharing this, that when it says God blessed the seventh day in Genesis 2 verse 3 and declared it holy or hallowed it, who was he declaring it holy to, right? It it was to Adam and Eve. They knew that it was holy. It was set apart for a special purpose. This is what it means, that it was made holy. He declared it holy. And if that's the case, then obviously Adam and Eve would have kept it, as you're mentioning. And also, the seven-day weekly cycle. There is astronomical reasons for having a 365 and a quarter-day year right? For months, we have the moon, the lunar cycle, and we use the solar calendar. There's a logical explanation of a year, of a month, but there's no explanation in the natural world for a seven-day weekly cycle. And this is why, of course, the French Revolution, they were just so anti-God because of the harms of the medieval church and the atrocities and the cruelties that had been enacted in France there for so long, that they wanted to throw God out, they declared that God didn't exist, It was the only legislative council up until that time that ever officially voted and said that God didn't exist. And they actually, because they recognized the seven-day weekly cycle comes from the Bible, they said, forget the seven-day weekly cycle, we're going to implement a ten-day weekly cycle. And so they decided to do that and to have ten, they changed the whole calendar. And um, interestingly enough, they found after not too long, animals were starting to die, that people were getting sick at alarming rates, And that there's this seven-day weekly cycle that seems to be ingrained in nature. In fact, even algae has a seven-day cycle built into it. I was reading a few months back. So fascinating that the fact that we keep a seven-day week, I think is further evidence that here, God rested on the seventh day. He Mm -hmm. set it apart as holy. And the rest of the world now, we still keep the seven-day week, although most of the world has forgotten that God set apart the sabbath as a holy day.
0: No, that's really good. Hey, so yeah, something on this su- this subject too is that when the 10 commandments are declared, you don't see God explaining the weekly cycle when he True. when he talks about the seventh day sabbath, right? It, it, there's it, it, it's it seems to be and I haven't dug into this, but it seems to be that they've already accepted a 7-day weekly cycle and then he's just reiter- in the commandment remember the s- sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you'll labor, do all your work. But the seventh day, mm-hmm. he speaks in the yeah. the seventh day. You don't use that kind of language if you're speaking to people who don't know that the weekly cycle is divided into seven days, mm. right, already. So you've got a seventh day, and then you go back a few chapters, and you've got like the Sabbath test in Exodus 16. And so yes, God's the commanding the honoring of the Sabbath before the giving of the Ten Commandments. That's so it right. seems pretty clear that the Jewish nation at least knew of the Sabbath day. Definitely. And they didn't know of it simply because they were Jews. They knew about it because it was just in in human consciousness at the time. Yeah, it's good, man. So, bro, the, the Seventh-day Sabbath in regards to to Adventism and our particular message and our evangelistic message to fear God and give Him glory and the three angels of Revelation 14, do you see—I guess you, I, I know the answer to this, but I'm just going to ask it as if I don't. <laughs> but how do you see the Sabbath being relevant to evangelism and winning people to Christ? I'd say one
1: thing that stands out to me. My wife and I, I got a text message three days ago, and uh, it was from uh, a person who said, listen, uh, my name is so-and-so and and I live here in the Newcastle area. And he basically shared that he would love to sit down and talk together and get to pray because God has had him on a spiritual journey. And he's never been to a Seventh-day Adventist church. He said he'd like to know more. So, Yesterday my wife Sharissa and I got to meet him and his wife, beautiful family, and uh, it was pretty amazing because he shared and he said one of us, it was one of the two of them, works on Sabbath. He's had this spiritual revival. He's been studying what the Bible has to say. Amazing journey. Like it's amazing also that he reached out to us because we've been praying that God would connect us with people in the community who are seeking him. But he said something that stood out. He said one of us has work every once in a while on Sabbaths, scheduled. And he said, the one of us who who does work on that day may lose our jobs if we don't work on the Sabbath. But he said, I was telling my wife, I think that this is a test. It's a test of faithfulness to God. And uh, that really jumped out at us. We thought, wow, God bless him for his spiritual maturity. But he's already seeing that the Sabbath, stepping out in faith, in keeping the Sabbath, at times may look like, hey, if you do it God's way, you're gonna lose your job which means you may lose your house, which may mean that your life is just transformed, just be ruined in many ways. But this guy said, you know what? If it's a test of our faith, if we're faithful to God, he'll be faithful to us. Mm -hmm. He'll care for us. He'll look out for us. I think that one of the, the primary points of the Sabbath in evangelism that is so important, it's a testing point where people can say, listen, if I really believe that this is true, It's either the Bible is, if it's not true, it's of zero significance. But if it is true, then it's of infinite importance, right? Infinite significance. And once a person says, you know what, I believe the Bible, I see it's clear. It is God's inspired word. And I want to live my life in line with it. Then when they come to a point like the Sabbath, it touches the life. It touches the lifestyle. And it actually calls us to step out in faith. To move forward and to trust God even when we don't know how and we're very blessed here in the West We're in Australia and America and most Western countries like your job is protected If you decide to keep the Sabbath holy like your pastor can write a letter to your employer and say hey They've discovered the truth of the Sabbath they want to honor it and your employer is obligated by law to work around your religious conviction to not work in that 24-hour period. So we're very blessed here. But a lot of parts of the world, I have friends that uh, are here in the office on a regular basis. They're pastors in this conference who grew up in Eastern Europe where their parents were actually beaten every Monday when they showed up to school because they didn't come to school on Sabbath. And there are some parts of the world where the test of the Sabbath is much more severe than here. That's the first thing answer that I'd give is like the Sabbath provides an opportunity for us to step out in faith when we discover it and to keep it holy and to come into a closer communion with God. And that's, yeah, it's one seventh of all your time. That's right. Yeah, it's a big deal. Definitely. It's a massive, you know, amount of time. Another thing that I'd say it's relevance of the, the Sabbath for evangelism is that as we've been studying the Bible with people the last two and a half years since moving here, we've noticed especially that, When it comes to understanding the Sabbath, usually you study the Bible with someone or you, in an evangelistic series, you preach the Sabbath relatively early on, but it's not until people see it in its end time context that it often will click and they will go, wow, if the Sabbath, like God's law, especially the fourth commandment, is going to be the test of faithfulness at the end of time, as the whole world is deceived by this counterfeit of the fourth commandment, it, it just something will often click in people's minds, and they'll realize the first angel's message, the three angels' messages are there to prepare us to stand all the way until Jesus returns. Mm-hmm. And when people we've been seeing lately, especially like when people realize this, what they may have learned and been like, Oh, yeah, the Sabbath is the seventh day, God wants me to honor it. That's nice, it's relatively significant. But when they see it in its end time context framed in that, it just gains all the more significance in their minds. And they realize, wow, this is going to be a present issue. And if I'm not honoring and keeping God's Sabbath holy now, how can I be faithful to God in the future when it becomes an issue with immense pressure surrounding it? So funny is that
0: God alone has the authority to make the Sabbath holy. So here's God. He creates the world in six days, and then he sanctifies the seventh day because on the seventh day he rested. And he rested because his work was finished. Mm -hmm. So this indicates it was, as we were saying before, a commemoration of his creative acts. He alone is worthy to make a day holy as a commemoration of himself and of the work that he accomplishes. So any human agency that takes it upon itself to try to sanctify a day or to set aside a day and that assigns spiritual meaning to a day is really doing what only God can do or Mm. is attempting to do what only God can do. And blasphemy is when a created being takes upon itself the prerogatives of God. It's God's prerogative to sanctify and set aside a day in commemoration of what he's done. Now, you might say to yourself, the church has traditionally set aside the sun to commemorate the resurrection. Well, like, that's nice. Like, fantastic. Nothing wrong with just deciding that you're going to celebrate the resurrection every Sunday. Like, good for you. But to try to make that a sanctified day in the sense that people are obligated to it. The Sabbath with it. Which is exactly what has happened historically. Mm -hmm. That is a blasphemous act. That is a usurpation of the authority and the prerogatives of God on behalf of his creation. And so this is, it's interesting to me because I want to talk for a few minutes about the meaning that is in the Sabbath. We touched on it at the beginning, but I want to talk about the meaning of the Sabbath a little bit in the light of the fact that over the course of Christian history, Christians have replaced the Sabbath with the first day of the week. And so it's wild, it makes perfect sense to me, even though it's wild, that Satan would target the seventh day and try to replace it. Because number one, it seems like it would be insignificant. And mm. it'd be something he could do without notice, right? Like it's a move on his part. It's a good tactical move on his part because what's a day? Sunday, Saturday, ah, oh, whatever. What hey, mind. who cares? But then secondly, because the devil himself knows that Sabbath is about what it represents. Mm. And so in, in replacing the Sabbath, he's basically like he's taking the flag of God and, and setting up his own kind of mm. flag. Right? So that just dawned on me when you were speaking. Does that do you follow what I'm saying? Yeah, that? absolutely. And what you pointed out was so key in that For
1: a human or an institution to try to change what God has blessed, it's not something, it's an attempt. It's not that they can attempt. And that's why in Daniel 7, this little horn power is talked about as thinking to change times and laws, attempting to change times and laws. Because God's law, it can't be changed by humanity but no i think you're definitely spot on and i think what's also fascinating to me is that historically we know that the church a compromised church and so basically the papacy ended up shifting and actually before the papacy was even in power the early christian church was starting to shift from sabbath to sunday with Sabbath becoming more of a day of fasting and mourning, and Sunday was a day of celebrating the resurrection. And then they were distancing themselves from the Jews who were being persecuted by Rome because they were being persecuted double. Because Sunday
0: sacredness is rooted in anti-Semitism.
1: Yeah, that's a really good point. For sure. And then by the time Emperor Constantine came around in 321 to make the edict to not work on Sunday and blended essentially paganism and Christianity that would continue for the next 1,200 plus years, this was this was historically of course like the devil's attack on the sabbath and what's interesting to me is I think that I've seen and I've been reading in the last year I've read a few books by non-christ non-adventist christians and there's this emphasis in language in christianity much of christianity to Almost half acknowledge the Sabbath, and this is how I'm seeing it happen. And I agree with this, but I think it's only half of it, really, if even half. But that's that they say, I I really appreciate Sabbath. I need more Sabbath in my life. It's not the Sabbath. And what they mean is the principle of ceasing, of just resting, of unplugging from your devices and doing these things. But it can be any day. It doesn't have to be on a certain day. And it's interesting that there's kind of a bit of a push in Christianity to remember Sabbath and to have Sabbath in your life, the principle of Sabbath. But in the Bible, God says, I want the principle to be tied to the day. And you were mentioning something fascinating earlier, Matt, and I'd never thought about it like this. But for God to say, hey, this day is set apart as holy, this is the day, the seventh day of the week. To us, the logic, the human logic is, hey, if I just rest and uh, have Sabbath as a principle, one 24-hour period or two 12-hour periods that I split up and put on different days in the week, that's physically and psychologically, you'd, you'd think that it would have the same effect on our body and our mind. But God, and you pointed this out earlier, it was brilliant that God, in God telling us, no, it's the seventh day of the week that I've set apart as holy, it's almost a test of our trust in God and our allegiance to him because if you think about it what's one 24 hour period to another just like the trees in the garden of Eden what's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil probably looked just like the other fruit trees and
0: well, doesn't he an say she says it was des- she says it was pleasing to the eyes good for food and desirable to make one wise. So it looked effectively like everything else. But it was because God set it apart and it was his word that made the difference. Totally. Dude, that's such a good... Man, I love that point. Hey, so it was a test of... The tree of the knowledge of good and evil was a test of God's sovereignty, right? His rulership over all. Right. And so... It was in the midst of the garden, and then the, the fourth commandment is roughly in the midst of the Ten Commandments, and it's a sign of the Creator's sovereignty, His moral authority. Right. And so it gives us the opportunity to say, I'm just going to do it because God, it matters to God, because mm. God sanctified the day. And all the other commandments, you can keep it for practical necessity. Like you can just, I find utility in that commandment, mm. and you can find utility in keeping any day Sabbath if you want, mm. but it's not a test of loyalty. It's It's not a sign of God's sovereignty. It is true that God did not make man for the Sabbath, but made the Sabbath for man. It's true. And there's a blessing in it and a benefit in it. But it's also true that God could have made the world in 10 days and rested the 11th if he wanted to. Uh, He had the choice. He's a free willed moral being. He wasn't like obliged by some higher standard to create the world in six days and then rest the seventh. He chose to make the world in six days, rest the seventh right? Finish his work at some, at a certain point and then say, I'm going to bless this day and I'm going to make it holy by resting on it. And this is going to be the Sabbath this particular day. And so the seeming arbitrary choice of seventh day gives us the opportunity to show our allegiance to God because Mm. we can't sit around and make sense of it. We can't go, yeah, there's something just scientifically better about (laughs) keeping the seventh day holy than the fifth day holy. Mm. There's not like we can't Prove scientifically that you find more rest on that day because you physically don't. But what you do is you rest in God and what God says. And this is so powerful to me because the seventh day Sabbath is a pre enactment of heaven it's a pre-enactment of heaven. And I was reading Hebrews chapter four. And before you chime in, because I know you're, you got lots of thoughts, man, because you're a Bible guy. But I was studying Hebrews four, just freshening up before we had this conversation. And in Hebrews three and four, a phrase that's used multiple times is his rest. And it's floating that that in the context of Hebrews three and four gets attached to three different things. So just think of the quote, his rest, and I'm not saying this to you so much, Justin, because I know you know this, but in case anyone out there has not heard this before, just think of the term his rest. In Hebrews 3, it's first attached to the land of Canaan and the Israelites entrance into into the land of Canaan. And when the unbelieving Israelites were refused entrance into Canaan, God was upset and he says, you're not going to enter into my rest. (laughs) So that term his rest and God saying it, my rest is, is first applied to Canaan. And then in the context of the chapter, It's applied to the salvation that we find in Jesus, which ultimately culminates in heaven. And it talks about how we hear the gospel just like they heard it, but they didn't enter into, quote, his rest because they didn't mingle the word with faith. And then he basically says, let's not fall after the same error. And there's rest that we now enter into. And God has spoken of another time. And it's today. If you hear his voice, don't harden Mm. your heart. And so his rest, that term is second, on a second occasion attached to salvation. And then the Sabbath is brought up. Hmm. in Hebrews 4. And that term, his rest, is attached to the Sabbath. And in verses 9 and 10, I'm going to butcher this, but he basically says, there therefore remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. That's actually an exact quote. You didn't butcher it. Oh, I didn't. Yeah, thank (laughs) you. And then verse 10 says, I'm going to butcher this one, that those who have entered into his rest cease from their labors as God did from his in the beginning. So it's basically saying, When we should keep the Sabbath as God did, if we're people who enter into His rest. Mm. So it's like the Israelites had to move forward in faith in the Word of God to enter into the Promised Land, which was quote His rest, Mm. and then we cease from our labors to to rest in Christ. And we follow Jesus by faith, trusting that he's leading us into eternal life. Mm. And then the Sabbath, I'm saying way more than I, I thought I would. That's all right. But the Sabbath, we basically, we cease from our labors and we enter into, quote, the things that he's done on our behalf, mm. the perfect work that he's accomplished yes. for us. Yes. And so the Sabbath is a pre-enactment of, of heaven. It's a dramatization of the rest that is in Christ. And there is, there's an intrinsic meaning in the day, mm. but in the seventh day, not the sixth day, or the fifth day. That's just a beautiful
1: summary. And I think that it was Charles Bradford said it this way. He said, some people tell me they are a Seventh-day Adventist. You're a legalist. You keep the Sabbath because you're a legalist. And he said, I don't keep the Sabbath because I'm a legalist. I keep it because I'm a loyalist. It's true. That's the way That's it is for the followers of God. It's a sign of allegiance to him. We keep it because we're wanting to be loyal to him. But I love the point you brought out that it's a reminder not only of his
0: creating us, but also of his redeeming us. Bro, I have to interject here too. Because it's amazing how Satan works. He gets Sabbath keepers to take the Sabbath and make it a legalistic obligation. Mm, And he takes Sunday keepers and he gets them to attach the idea of justification by faith to that day. Mm. But in in all actuality, when you consider what the scriptural teaching of the Sabbath is, a sign of righteousness by faith in the words of God Mm, and the promises of God. So the Sabbath itself is a sign. Of righteousness that is by faith, Absolutely. and Sunday is a sign of righteousness that is by man, because it's man's command. That's right. And an honoring man's command, you're not honoring God's. You're not being. You're not entering into the rest. That's promised by God
1: and that reminded me of something I have a verse I wanted to share on that note actually, and then I'll, maybe I could come back to this point, but Ezekiel 20 verse 12 beautifully summarizes that He's, God says, and I gave them moreover, I gave them my Sabbaths to be a sign between them and me to remind them that I am the Lord who sanctifies them, or I am the Lord who sets them apart as holy as the NLT phrases it. And so the Sabbath is a sign of salvation it's a sign of salvation by grace through faith, righteousness by faith in God. That is what the Sabbath is about. If anybody says it's about legalism, it's the complete opposite of legalism. It's interesting
0: because Deuteronomy 5, it's a sign of their salvation, mm -hmm. and then it's a sign of their sanctification. That's right. Uh, So it's a sign that God both saves you and that He develops you from glory to glory over time. And
1: actually, that's a part of a creative act of God as well. David said in Psalm fifty-one, ten. he says, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. So even salvation is a creative, act. God is creating in us a new heart. He's taking out the heart of stone and giving us a heart of flesh that can feel and that can love. And there's a, a thought I was gonna share that came to mind as you were just sharing your last point that doesn't have to do with the direction we're necessarily going right now, but I just, this blew me away when someone shared it and I wanted to to maybe fit it in here. The Sabbath, like as far as the Sabbath being this and it being holy because God created on the six days leading up to it. If you stop and think about it, Sunday, the first day of the week is the only day that by logic could not be the Sabbath. If you think about it, Monday could be because he would have created on the day before Sunday, like the first day and then rested on the next. He could have rested on the third or the fourth or the fifth or the sixth or the seventh as he did. But the first day he hadn't created anything yet. What would he have been resting from? So logically, it's impossible. Like it's a logical impossibility for the first day of the week to be the Sabbath because God would have had nothing to have rested from. So yeah, what you pointed out I think is so powerful and it's so beautiful that Sabbath, the Sabbath day, is to be a foretaste of heaven. And what's amazing to me is it's a memorial of God creating us in the first place recreating us in His image by saving us through the blood of Jesus. And then Isaiah 66 tells us that there is going to be this beautiful reality of the Sabbath throughout all of eternity. So it's a foretaste of heaven, and it's actually going to exist even in heaven and in the new earth. Isaiah 66:22 tells us, For as the new heavens and the new earth that I shall make will remain before me, so will you always be my people with a name that will never disappear, says the Lord. Verse 23, all humanity will come to worship before me from Sabbath to Sabbath and from month to month or new moon to new moon. So in heaven and the new earth, this beautiful memorial of God's creating us, us being lost to sin, but God saving us and recreating us and us being saved by grace through faith. This, the reminder of this, the Sabbath will continue throughout eternity. It's we're always going to be constantly every week. We're going to be reminded that we are only there by the grace of God.
0: So I'm going to, I'm going to, since that was off the path that we were just on, we're just moving around now. I'm going to do the same thing because this has been in my head the whole time we've been talking. Jesus was often accused of breaking the Sabbath, but Bible Christians who accept the New Testament cannot Agree with that, because that's the, the, they all Christians would concede that the seventh-day Sabbath was a moral issue in the Old Testament, yeah, 100%. true. Now, it's not until Jesus fulfills the old covenant perfect that he can make atonement. So, you couldn't have broken the law in any way, or else he's not a spotless sacrifice. He would be a sacrifice with blemish. So, he's holy, he's harmless, he's undefiled, and he never violates the moral law of God on any level. But they're always accusing him of breaking the mm-hmm. Sabbath. So, we know... The Sabbath was a hot-button issue for them, and it was a very sensitive issue for them. But you'll notice that all throughout the New Testament, the church is never accused by the Jews. Paul, the apostle to the Gentiles, is never accused by the Jews of his time of encouraging Sabbath-breaking. So if, in fact, the early church had switched the day, don't we think that we would see some New Testament criticism from the Judaizers over the church changing the day from the seventh to the first day. So Paul is getting harassed up and down by Judaizers about circumcision. They're flipping out because he's minimizing the importance of circumcision and saying that it's not required for non-Jewish converts. Dude, <laughs> if they flip out that much for the right of circumcision, which is not in the moral law of God of the Old Testament, how much would they have freaked out if Paul, the apostle to the Gentiles, was advocating for Sabbath change. You follow what I'm saying? Absolutely. This is a strong indication Mm. that the New Testament church in the book of Acts did nothing to in any way minimize the sanctity of the seventh-day Sabbath Mm. because they understood the meaning of the Sabbath. It it, it really is a sign of the righteousness that only comes by faith and the power of God to make things right. Mm. That's the sign. That's the meaning, and that's why the devil hates it. Mm. And that's why he wants to get rid of it. And he wants to, to in people's minds, make them think that it is unimportant because it's such a seemingly small thing. But to close, I just want to make this point. Sometimes the things that seem the smallest are really the biggest deal. Because if the Sabbath, if Sabbath keeping is such a small thing, then why is it that we have a problem with it? Why, right. why would any true follower of Christ have a problem with it if they see it from Scripture? Now, if mm. someone's been taught by their pastor or their priest That this is a legalistic obligation. That's a component of the old covenant promise and not the new. Okay, if I were coming from where that person's coming from, I'd probably reject it too, and rightfully so, if that's what you were taught. But when you are confronted with the clear teachings of Scripture, and man, this is true. The Sabbath Mm -hmm. is still valid and binding and unchanged in the new covenant dispensation. Mm -hmm. And it's a part of the law that's to be written on our hearts in the new covenant. When you see that, if you're going to just disregard it because it's not a big deal, then you doing that shows I think even less respect to God than if it was a big deal. Hmm. Because if it isn't that big of a deal, why don't you just do it? <laughs> yeah. So when we don't follow God in an area that we say is no big deal, it really shows how little we care for God hmm. because we won't even do something that we ourselves say is not a big deal. Hmm. So That's then great. but if it's something big, right? Like a big deal, um, we'll do it. If your wife left you and she said, "Justin, I found this other guy. He's better looking than you. He's just like handsome. He's Wouldn't the most He's the most handsome guy in the world. And he's got like $15 billion in the bank. He's just loaded with money. And he's smarter than you. He's more talented than you. And he's just better than you on every level. Like that would hurt. But at least you'd have the <laughs> consolation. You'd have the consolation that she's ditching you for someone else. And it's, a, it's like that person's a big deal, right? That guy's a big deal. And so you could comfort yourself in the knowledge of the fact that he is better than me at everything and richer than me and all that stuff. You comfort yourself. But then if she came up to you, uh, scenario B, she comes up to you and she says, Justin, I'm leaving you. There's this guy I found on the street corner. He doesn't bathe. He's got no teeth. He's just, he's poor as, as can be and whatever. He beats me up all the time, but I'm leaving him for you. Like, in that person who she's leaving you for is a personification of a guy who's not really worth much. Mm. not a big deal. That would be more of an insult to you than if your wife left Mm. you for some big shot. So I think it's the same. So if you're going to abandon God over something that you deem as little, that just shows how little you feel for God. Mm. That's my thinking. I might be, I don't mean to sound judgmental there, but I'm reasoning out loud. That's very true. Yeah, I was actually,
1: that's a really good illustration. I was thinking, I guess in the last thing that I'll share is God wants to use the Sabbath to do what only he can do in us. Like Ezekiel 20, verse 12, as we read, God says, my Sabbath is to be a sign between me and to show that I am the Lord who sanctifies them. I'm the Lord who makes them holy. God wants to prepare us as his people to be a holy people. And it's no coincidence that at the end of Revelation, multiple times in Revelation 14, with those who follow the Lamb, they have the Father's name written in their foreheads. And then at the end, it's all who dwell in the New Jerusalem for eternity. We have the Father's name written in our foreheads. And the Sabbath is the Sabbath of the Lord. His name is written there in that commandment. On His holy day, He wants to use His holy day to make us His holy people. And of course, it's not just a a one-day-a-week encounter with God. It's a day-by-day process in reality. But in stepping out in faith, in trusting Him with the Sabbath, and in spending special time with Him each Sabbath, having that foretaste of heaven like you were talking about, he wants to make us His holy people that will be ready uh, for His return and be ready to spend
0: eternity with Him and with each other. Amen. Thank you guys so much for joining us this week. It's been a pleasure. Justin, thank you for taking your time. I know you're, you're a busy guy, and um, we hope that you guys have been blessed by this conversation and that you're more and more encouraged to to really appreciate the Sabbath blessing and th- that you can realize a little more the importance of the Sabbath in these last days. God bless you guys as you work to preach the everlasting gospel Mm. and to be all that God's called you to be. Take care. We'll see you next week.